Hey guys, thanks for coming tonight. Excited to see you. Um, man, this is gonna be awesome. So uh, let's pray real quick, and then let's jump into this, okay? Uh, Jesus, we love you, God. Lord, um, you're worthy. Jesus, you're so worthy. Thank you for who you are. We praise you for who you are, Jesus. God, I pray that you would um, that you would just open our hearts, open our ears to hear your voice tonight, God. Not just to hear what I have to say or think about or, or anything like that, God, but that your voice would speak directly to our hearts, Jesus. Change minds, change futures, change eternities, God. Tonight, you're powerful and we trust you. We love you, God. Amen. Uh, sweet. So, a couple things. Um, no, that's dumb. Uh, who here has? Who here really likes the car they have? If you have a car, you basically should raise your hand. Ty, raise your hand. <laughs> okay. So, if you have like a really cool car, that's awesome. Ryan's got a cool car. John's got a cool car. Um, I used to have a really cool car, guys. Uh, it means I'm. I used to be really cool, and then I stopped. Frankie likes his car. Uh, so I used to have an all-black Mustang, and it was, like, super cool, okay? I'm saying this, like, in all humility. This was a cool car, okay? And I loved it, and I called it the Black Bandit because I always named my cars, and I'd always just be like, hey, we could take the Black Bandit. Like, I wouldn't say I'm driving. This was, like, a persona with me that I would hang out with my car. Uh, and it's funny because, like, half of y'all are already lost because you're like, I hate cars. I'm not into cars, at all. Like, I'm not interested in them. You could be like, oh, the 3315, and I'd be like, oh, yeah. Uh, and I would have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know anything about cars, but this car was awesome. And does anybody know the most important part of a car? Engine? The way it looks, yeah, that's kind of. Tires. Tires are pretty important, right? Yeah? You can't get anywhere without them. So, so when I got this car, I had a friend who was like the manager at this tire shop. And you know when you have a friend who works somewhere, especially a manager, you're like, dude, hook up, right? What, what you gonna get me? Um, so I was like, dude, I just got this car. Uh, it was used. It's not like, y'all don't think like, it was cool to me, okay? That's, that's the truth. Uh, and so I was like, hook up, dude. You gonna get me some free tires or what's the deal? And so I talked to him and he's like, all right, yes, but before that, let's go see um, if you need them, okay? So go outside and look around the car, and he's like, dude, no way. You don't need any tires. These are, like, basically brand new. These are awesome tires. Um, you can come back, and I'll get you the hookup in, like, you know, if you drive, like, 10 or 20,000 miles, then come back, and, I'll, and, I, and I got you. And I was like, dude, appreciate it. Um, let's go. Like, I was pumped about it. And so I, I'm excited about these tires, because they're new. And I was excited that I had this friend who knew what he was talking about because I had no idea what I was talking about, right? I could have been like, these are two days old or 10 years old. And I would be like, these tires are black. I don't know what they're supposed to look like other than that. And so I'm pumped. So I like trusted this dude. Okay, an another thing. I had a cool car. I also used to live in Texas. And if you gotta thank you. Uh, if you don't know that, surprise, I used to live in Texas. And here's the deal about Texas. You, everything is so far away. 
like everything is so far away from anything. We used to drive like 25 minutes to get to Chick-fil-A. And it wouldn't even be like, oh, this is kind of a far away. It was like, yeah, let's just go. Or like over 30 minutes to go to B-dubs just for a night. Like it wasn't even a thought just to do this. And up here, I've like realized how Yankee-fied I've become because in Morgantown, like nothing's actually far, but I'll be like, ah, I, I, I'm not trying to go to Walmart. That's way too far. And I'm like, dude, it takes eight minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not far. It's not 40 minutes. So, you know, after, after I talk to my friend, I'm going to go hang out with some of my other friends. The next town over. But the next town over is about an hour or so away. When the Black Bandit takes about 45 minutes. Um, just saying. So we go or I go, me and Black Bandit go, to see some of my friends. And, and we get there, and we're hanging out and having a fun time. And it starts to get late. And so I'm like, all right, yeah, I probably should head home. I'm about to get home maybe around 2, okay? So I, I drive out, and I uh, <laughs> start going home. And it, you just basically go out of town, and then you take this country road all the way to where I live. And so I get on the road, and I'm driving through, <laughs> And then, like, the last 15 miles is basically just pasture land. Like, it's beautiful, clear night, stars are shining. But I'm kind of, like, looking out. You know, there's deer and maybe, like, cows or something. And so I'm kind of being cautious. And then all of a sudden I hear this noise in the, from, coming from the back of my car. And I was like, oh, that wasn't making that sound before. So I stop. And then I'm like, oh, I think I know what this is. And so I get out. And I have, like, my flashlight turned on. And my tire is like shredded. This was like three days later after all this stuff happened. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, something's either wrong or this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. Because like I instantly blamed him for my flat tire, which is like what we all do, right? Uh, it was like no longer his fault. But I get there, so I jack up the car. There's nothing around. I'm like kind of struggling with like the flashlight and, and everything. And uh, and so I change the tire. I get home. It's super late, close to, you know, three or whatever. And, and then I try to go in and talk to, to get my tire changed. And, and I'm like, dude, I wonder if he's there. And he's not, of course, because I'm mad and I want to yell at him. But he's not there to be yelled at. And so I talk to these other guys, and they're like, yeah, he's not here right now, but let's just, you, you can just come back. And I was like, well, can y'all just come look and see maybe, like, what happened? And they're like, usually we can't tell, but sure, it's a slow day. So they come out, and they're like, they look at it, and then you just see their eyes get big, and they're like, you should not have been driving on this tire. This is, like, the worst decision of your life. And I was like, are you serious? Like, your manager told me that this was, like, a great tire to drive on. And I, I had, like, put so much hope and, in, in like, trust in what he said because I didn't know what I was talking about. And so I was, like, real mad. We're good now. Um, but isn't that crazy? Like, that's how a lot of things happen, right? We always put our, we put our hope in someone or, like, trust someone, and then, and then maybe it, like, doesn't work out the way we, we thought it would, right? Maybe, like, oh, I thought I could study enough for this class or whatever. I thought my job would get me this, right? And we hope for so many things. You're here right now because you're hoping that your grades will be good enough for you to get a degree, for you to get a job, for you to make a lot of money, right? You know what I'm saying? So that you can be stable and comfortable and maybe have a family or whatever. Like hope, 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 hope. It's all throughout all this, okay? And so I was thinking, what does hope actually mean? Because it's kind of like one of those things where we talk about hope all the time, but we got to define it. So this is the dictionary definition. It says, uh, desire of some good accompanied with at least a slight expectation of obtaining it 
or a belief that is unobtainable, okay? So the difference between a hope and a wish. A, a hope is like, oh, I hope, I, hope I, can, the, I hope Sheets is open. It's probably open, right? But wishing would be like, oh, I hope that by tomorrow I will grow a foot, right? And that would be crazy because why would I need three feet? Brought it back. <laughs> Brought it back. Uh, so the jokes continue. <laughs> so the second, the second part of this definition is to place confidence in or trust in with confident expectation of good. So trust, right? So here's, here's what I was thinking. Oh, I think about hope. I think about hope. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Bible has a definition for hope. And I think it's going to be on here. Maybe really crazy. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote it like that, but that's not right. It's Hebrews 11.1, 1, no 6, and it says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. So I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, okay, hope equals trust equals faith. Okay? All these words, all these ideas are pretty much interchangeable. Okay? Does that make sense? Cool. So we've been talking about Jesus the past few days, or sorry, past few weeks, um, over the semester, and so we're going to see what he has to say about this. So open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12. I'm going to read. I'm going to skip a little part, um, but that's, that's okay. So it's going to be uh, St. Matthew, uh, chapter 12, verse 5, Okay says this, have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if you had known that what this means, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Now skip a little bit to, to verse 40. <laughs> it says, uh, says this, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment and with this generation and shall condemn it because they repeated, sorry, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment and with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. So, that probably doesn't mean that much to you. So basically, I think an important part in reading the Bible is to look and see who it was written to and when it was written. Okay? So that's what we're going to do real quick. This the, the Gospel of Matthew was specifically written to Jewish people who started being disciples of Jesus, okay? That's what this whole book, Matthew, is written to. And so there's a lot of kind of like nuances and, and different things that you might miss if you're not a Jewish person who became a disciple of Jesus, okay? So we got to put ourselves in that mindset. And just to do that really quickly, this is what that would look like. All throughout their history, y'all, Jews are so awesome. I just think it's amazing that, like, the country of Israel, which is inhabited by Jews, they're a family. 
Like, no other country in the world that I know of, like, it's not like America, like, oh, wow, this is really cool. The Paulies are America's family. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, you know, my family's from Italy. It's not like the Sombrios inhabit Italy. Like, but Jew, like the descendants of one man, Abraham, inhabit a whole country. And so they became this nation. And so there's kind of like a lot of, like, different pride in that. Like, yeah, oh, I'm proud to be American. That's cool. But is it your family? No. This is like, if you're messing with my nation, you're messing with my people, my brothers, my sisters, my cousins, all this thing. That's crazy. And so basically, all throughout their history, what they did was they put their hope in three different types of people. Okay? They put their hope in three different types of people. First of all, they put their hope in priests. Okay? And that's what, and that's what Jesus is talking about here when he says, when he's talking about the temple. In verse 6, he's saying, and, and what the priest did was essentially they would keep up the traditions that have always been going, okay? So, you know, what my grandpa did, my dad did. And then what my dad did, I'm going to do. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to teach my sons to do that. And that's what the priest did. They were in charge of it. And so this nation of Israel comes to the priest and they say, hey, you know, I don't care what you do. You don't have to. You don't have to even make your own food. We'll help you with that. But what you're going to do is you're going to make sure that every day looks the same as it did the day before. And that's going to, you're going to keep the same festivals. You're going to keep track of all our holidays. You're going to read the same stuff. Nothing's going to change as long as it helps. Because at the beginning of when we started, this was the best thing for us. So we don't want anything to change. And then they went to the prophets. And the prophets, they did the same thing. They had this conversation and said, hey, you can be a prophet. This is awesome. But here's the deal. You are going to talk to God. And you know what? There's actually a lot of gods around here. And so what I need you to do, this is going to be your primary job. I want you to figure out who the best God is around here, okay? And if, hey, I know it's going to be hard if you need to choose one. And he's winning a lot. And then he starts losing. Let's jump ship. And we'll go to another God, right? But... And here's the deal. I don't even really care if, I don't care if you actually pick a God. If you think it's better for us to just kind of do this on our own, just let us know, and we'll keep that kind of under wraps, and we'll just do some traditional things, right? And so that's what the prophets are going to be. And then they also put their hope in a king, which kind of makes sense for a nation to put their hope in a king. But what they wanted this king to do was they said, okay, you know what you're going to do? Here's what we want. We want you to set up systems so that we cannot be forgotten as a nation, because no nation wants to be forgotten. Um, we want to be strong. We want to defeat our enemies. We want to make a lot of money. So you're going to put together all these little systems. You're going to put food away, money away, all these different things, and you're going to rule us. And if you don't, we can assassinate you. We can't make you not the king, but we can kill you. So, you know, that's basically the same thing. All right? So that's what they did. They put their hope in these three people. And the Gospel of Matthew was written at a really crazy time. They, it was written when all this hope basically dissipated. Because Rome came in and took over their country and said, you know what, that's really cool. You guys have all, these, all this hope in the, in the prophet, priest, and king. But you don't need that because we got someone you can put your hope in. You know who that is? Anybody? Caesar, yes. Um, you can put your hope in Caesar if you choose not to. It's not going to be good for you. If you choose to, we'll let you keep your, you're not really going to keep much. You can work for us, essentially. Like, this was like an occupation. And so Jesus is around all these, like, unsettled, 
really radical um, people who want to basically take their land back for, their, for themselves, right? And so it's like this crazy um, turmoil kind of time with a lot of unsettled people. Um, and, and he said this. He said, when he talks about the temple, when he talks about Jonah, and when he talks about the king, he said, one is greater, is here. And he's not talking about Caesar, okay? And they knew that. And so they're like, what the heck? And this is crazy. Like, if you put yourself in their shoes, <laughs> Alexander McLaren said, either this is the most insane arrogance of self-assertion, or it is a sober truth. Basically, Jesus is crazy, and like, you would never say something like this, or he's telling the truth, one or the other. You can't, you can't have both. And so, that's what that means in the backstory. Now, I think this is important for us now. Hold on. I think this is important for us now, too. We're not being occupied, but a lot of people here, <laughs> I'm guessing, probably are, like, losing hope in certain things, right? You got to college, you thought everything was going to be one way, and maybe it's changed up a little bit. Elle said that really good earlier. Um, or maybe, you know, you're going through a breakup, or maybe you're going through all these different things, right? Okay, your family's going through stuff, or your family just went through some stuff. Like, this is real stuff, and this is what Jesus is saying. When he's talking about the priest, he says, one greater than the temple. He's talking about putting your hope in a priest. And this is what this looks like. I think it's going to come up. Faith in what's always been or what's always worked. Maybe not. Um, so keep that in mind. Faith in what's always been or what's always worked. Okay? I am going to put my hope in something. I've always done it this way. And this is good enough for me. Right? I don't, I don't necessarily need to be the best at this or the worst at this, but as long as I can stay even with what it's always been, I'm happy. Is anybody here like that? Don't raise your hand. Um, but probably most everyone here is kind of like that, right? Hope in what has always worked or been good enough. Look, these guys have, have like real issues. Y'all have real issues. Do you think, basically like ask yourself, how's that been working out for me? Am I, is my goodness, am I good enough to get by? Am, is me putting my hope in what I've always done good enough? Or does something need to change? Is what you've always been what you always want to be? Gotta ask yourself that. And here's what Jesus is talking about when he's saying the temple. The temple is the meeting place of God and man. And the place in which God draws near to us and we can draw near to him. God didn't set up the temple. <laughs> this is what he says right here, verse 7. If you had known this, what this means, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. God didn't set up the temple to just be some thing you go to all the time to, like, make amends. He wanted to, to like, be with people. He wanted a real relationship with people. He desires mercy, not sacrifice. But what the people did was they say, hey, this has been good enough for me to put my hope in a priest. He's going to do it for me. Okay. Sometimes we do that with our small group leaders. Sometimes we do that with our pastor or our mom or our dad or, or whoever's like the most godly person we know. Sometimes we say, hey, they're, they're good enough for me. You could have done this all along. The temple cannot contain God, but God is contained within the one greater than the temple. The temple cannot contain God, but God is contained within the one greater than the temple. John 1.14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
Jesus became the temple, and we beheld his glory. He is greater than the temple. And when we're asking ourselves, are we good enough? The answer is no. <laughs> okay? It's true. I'm not good enough. If I put hope in myself, I'm going to let me down, right? Every single time. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, and the fulfillment of the temple. Okay? Then he goes on and he says this. <laughs> this is so cool. One greater than Jonah, the prophets. Okay? One greater than Jonah. This is faith in something bigger. Hope when all hope is lost. So, oh, well, you just told me I'm not good enough. I've known that for a while. So what am I supposed to put my hope in? What am I supposed to believe in, right? And this, some people, this is called religion. Some people call it God. Something, some people call it a higher power. Some people don't know what to call it. But this is what's crazy about this story. Jonah was a prophet, but this dude was like a terrible prophet. Like, if you don't know his story, you got to go read it. It's so awesome how God uses him, but he's like disobedient the whole time. And he's like, God's like, hey, I want you to go tell these people to turn to me and get right with God. And he's like, no. And so he tells him to go to Syria, and then Jonah literally tries to go to Spain, which is like not near each other. He didn't get on the wrong boat. He just was disobedient. And then he like, through a series of events, ends up in Syria. And then he's like, okay, God, I'll do it. But he's basically doing it like half-heartedly. Okay, he's like, yeah, you guys should repent, but I actually don't want you to. I'm just saying this because God made me do it, right? And so it's like so crazy that Jesus picks Jonah because there's so many other prophets that are great. He could pick so many other prophets who are like, this, is, this guy is exactly like me. Listen to him. But he picks Jonah. He picks the weak one. He picks the one who's disobedient, right? That's pretty cool. Jesus chooses the weaker one to show us what we should be like. And he says, um, he says this, the men of Nineveh, which is the place that he went to, shall rise in judgment with this generation because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, one greater than Jonah is here. Jesus is calling us to be repentant. He's saying, I'm the one you should put your hope in when you're looking for something bigger to put your hope in. Because he came as a prophet, Jesus was to surrender to God. No matter what man thought of him, he would completely bow his knee to the Father. This is the true purpose of the prophet, to obey God in times when you are called to say tough things. Jesus said, repent. You guys aren't good enough. You need to change your life. But he said, hey, I'm coming here, and I love you, and I'm saying this. Unlike Jonah, who just did it because he was scared, I'm doing this because I love you, right? That's like someone that... If someone loves me and they tell me something, I'm probably going to listen to them, right? Like, even if it's like, eh, I don't know about that. I'm still going to, like, weigh it. Does that make sense? Cool. The last one. One greater than Solomon, which is the king. And this is what this looks like for us. This means um, faith in our systems or faith in our security or our comfort, Okay. So Solomon, y'all, Solomon, I was, you got to be careful with, with what you, like, read about Solomon because there's, like, he's like a legend. Um, he's a real guy, but there's, like, legends about him that, like, basically, yeah, if you look it up, you'll have some fun. But what really happened was he loved God. He became the king, and he loved God. And he loved him so much, in fact, that, he was, that God said, hey, you can have whatever you want. Just ask me. And he was like, okay. Uh, I'm really scared because I'm just a man, 
and you want me to be the king. So make me a good king, right? That's like a loving thing to do. And when he did that, God said, you chose right. (laughs) He said, I'm not only going to make you wise, I'm going to make you the wealthiest person and one of the most famous people in all of history. This is crazy. Solomon, because of his devotion to God, gained wisdom. And when he did that, this dude had, I mean, people came. This is what it says. The queen of the south, verse 42, the queen of the south shall rise, or uh, for she came from the uttermost part of the earth and the, to, see, to hear the wisdom of Solomon. People would come from all over the world, legitimately, the known world, just to see his stuff. Like, no one's coming to your house and saying, like, it's not like a museum. It's like, hey, man, this is my couch. This is, this is a cup I had drank out of earlier. Like, that's what they're doing. Or just hear his musings. Because he was so wise, they came just to hear what he was thinking about all over the world. Now we can do that. We can maybe go on like YouTube or something. But, I mean, would you travel across the world just to hear what someone had to say? Probably not. This, this dude had so much wisdom that it was worth it to people. His palace had zoos in it. Like, it was like, he had boats with zoos in it. He had, like, all this crazy stuff. Solomon was awesome, and he was a huge deal. He was one of the wealthiest, wisest, and most powerful rulers in all of history. I think if they did, like, a, um, like a comparison with, like, inflation and everything, and he's, like, in the top three richest people of all time. That's crazy. That's so crazy. And this is, like, back in the day. Um, way back in the day. <laughs> But Jesus says, one greater than Solomon is here, right? And he's not pointing to someone. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, one greater than Solomon is going to be here soon. No, he's pointing to him. But here's what happened with Solomon. And this is what it looks like for us. When I say faith in a system, faith in security, faith in our comfort, Solomon got comfortable, okay? He had all this wisdom from God, and he set up... Uh, exports and imports, and he set up uh, economies, and he set up uh, food storage. And so he didn't really need God anymore in his mind, right? He got too big because he put all of his faith instead of putting it in God. God, I hope in you. He said, no, I'm good. I'm going to hope in my systems now. And this is what this looks like for us. (laughs) What systems do we have set up that we no longer need to hope in anything else? We got a good job, part-time job, we're in school, we're getting good grades, we're in a relationship. We, we you know, we're, maybe we're a small group leader or we're in a small group, got all the spiritual side down, right? And this is what this looks like. I'm comfortable, my systems are good enough, I stop praying, okay? Or I stop reading, or I stop spending time with good people, right? And I get, and I let my guard down. And that's what happened. Solomon fell pretty big. And here's what Alexander McLaren said. Jesus is wisdom. All other men are wise. Dude, that is so good, man. Jesus is wisdom. He's the author. He chooses what's wise and what's not. All other men just get to emulate what he says. That's crazy. So what's all this mean? What's all this mean? Going back to what this looked like in in. The Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus was saying all these things, Caesar was the one that they were being told to, to put their hope in, right? But the Jews had someone that they were going to put their hope in. For hundreds and hundreds, uh, even more, thousands of years, they were told that someone's going to come wrap all these three things into one person. 
Someone's going to come be the best king. Someone's going to be the best prophet. And someone's going to be the best priest. And that's called the Messiah. Okay? You might have heard this word before. But that's what that is. Jesus is saying, hey, the Messiah is here. And that's what these Jews are hearing. They're like, whoa, are you trying to say that the Messiah is here? Because the Messiah is the fulfillment of the hope of a nation. And Jesus is saying, Jordan said this really good last week. (laughs) I don't say exactly what he said, but essentially, Jesus didn't live up to the expectations of what they thought their Messiah was going to look like because they had the wrong expectations, right? And that's exactly what's happening here. One greater than Solomon, one greater than Jonah, one greater than the temple is here. Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than the temple. Jesus is greater than Jonah, and Jesus is greater than Solomon. He's worth more than all the sacrifice, mercy, redemption, justice, wisdom, and riches in the world. These are the things we put our hope in, and he's greater. That's so sick. What do you put your hope in? You put your hope in something, right? I mean, it's not crazy to think that. And so tonight, oh, the band can come up. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like tonight, guys, think about what you're putting your hope in because you're putting it in something. You know what I'm saying? If, you're, if you have faith, people are like, oh, I don't have a lot of faith. Well, the reason that you don't have a lot of faith, you actually have the same amount. You're just putting it in something smaller, <laughs> If you put it in God, you have big faith. If you put it in in yourself, you put it in me, you're going to have little faith. So here's the question I want you guys to ask yourselves tonight. Is Jesus your Messiah? Is he the greater one to you? Yeah, he might have said, I'm greater than the temple or, or prophets, priests, and kings. I'm the Messiah, but is he your Messiah? That looks really different. Will you choose to let him be the fulfillment of all your hopes? If everything else gets shaken, is there going to be a firmness that, because you stand on a foundation that's, that's strong like Jesus? Will you choose him over all your other comforts? Will you choose to let him be your deliverer, your savior, and your Lord? A lot of you guys may have already say, oh, yeah, I've already made Jesus my savior. I'm saved, right? Or, yeah, yeah, he's my Lord. I want, I want to make him happy. I want to obey him. But when I'm talking about deliverer, when I'm talking about Messiah, this is like, I know there's someone in here. I was praying about it earlier. There's got to be multiple people in here who think, oh, I hope that this sin that's in my life, like a specific one, not like sin in general, this sin that's in my life, I hope one day it ends. I hope one day I'm strong enough to get over it. But with Jesus, he's greater than all those things. He's greater than all those things. That stuff can end tonight. He came to save us from our sin, not in a future life, but in this life now. He came to give us abundant life. He came to fulfill our hope. So as the band's playing, um, yeah, just ask yourself these things and talk to him. He's here. (laughs) He's greater. He's better than anything you've put your hope in before. And if you do put your hope in him, thank him. Praise him. Be grateful. This is a big, big, big deal. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship and spend some time with Jesus. God, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. Give us courage. Give us faith, God.
Make yourself known to us.